I'm Katie Bennett-Stenton, National Marketing Lead for Energy Resources and Industrials with Deloitte in Australia. I recently returned from three exciting months in our Chicago office where I put my kids into school and finalised their US citizenship. During that period, I was delighted to have the opportunity to spend time with a number of our global experts. Throughout that period, I interviewed a range of thought leaders and shared their thought-provoking, relevant and influential takeaways. I was delighted that the content received over 15,000 views in the last three months, so I've decided to continue the series and look forward to sharing my conversations with influencers with you. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking to Amanda Gorham. Amanda is leading the transformation in modern corporate comms with a strong focus on digital and social media. Three years ago, Amanda set up Notable Media, which she's now the CEO of, and helps executives and companies to build social profiles, skills and strategies to build reputation and trust, deepen customer relationships, connect with new audiences and mitigate risk. Before that, Amanda was the head of ANZ Bank's digital and social media and led a, a massive program at the bank, which we could talk for hours for. Um, Amanda, great to speak to you today. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. So we might jump right into the questions, Amanda. Your professional focus is helping lead the transformation in modern corporate comms with a focus on digital and social. And over the last good few years have been incredibly generous in sharing your deep expertise. Why are you so passionate about it? <laughs> well, uh, I got into sort of digital and social media back in 2005 when I um, started my own digital media company and I saw the huge advantages of using it for business, for good. And yet it annoyed me immensely that many of the companies that had jumped on board were in the what I call the for bad industries or the industries <laughs> that aren't very good for you like porn and gambling and, <laughs> and uh, fast food and the for good industries like education and not for profits and um, science and superannuation and even banks that help you build your future, they were very late to the party. Um, and it struck me that their voice and the voice of many of those uh, executives with experience and expertise uh, who were doing very good things were missing from the conversations. Why do you think that is? Why, why were they late to the party? A number of reasons. One was regulation. So there was a real fear that if they were going to say the wrong thing, the bank could lose its licence. You know, if, they, oh, if someone yeah. gets on and says the property market is always going up. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then there was another which was we are experts, we, we are modest, people will come to us. Mm -hmm. So there was a real reluctance there um, uh, around um, we don't want to be seen to be boasting. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of uh, actually shifting all that is to talk about uh, that we're, we're now in this very different mindset of sharing. So we're no longer boasting, we're actually sharing. And being social and uh, sharing is a form of giving. So it's a different mindset that we take people through. But yeah, that's, that's, there's a number of other reasons too that stops people. In fact, what I also found is everyone has their own little reason that they think is, is special to them for not doing it. Okay. And that can also range from my 15-year-old daughter does it and it's just horrible yes. and why would I do that uh -huh. yeah. um, to I might get into trouble and I really respect my company and what if I say the wrong thing. So a lot of reasons. Okay. It's really interesting. About nine years ago with my previous firm, I um, put a business case to them to, to get 
the firm established on Twitter and they are patent attorneys and very risk averse and had this perception that no, no, Twitter for, is for, you know, Shane Warne and Liz Hurley and, and tacky and lowbrow and, and not the kind of thing that we should be involved with. And, you know, so dipped our toes in the water initially very conservatively, um, but quickly saw that it it um, was was a really successful platform. Why why do you think there's been this massive evolution in terms of sharing and and generosity and and social media being so prominent now? Well, I hate to say this, but Donald Trump transformed everything. Ah. So before you uh, before Trump, you had to spend a lot of time talking to people about the why mm-hmm. why you should do it. As soon as Trump came along, it was literally like, oh my goodness, you know, you can build massive influence and have your own news distribution network. It kind of just made people go, wow. And uh, from there, it was like, yeah, yeah, we get the why, tell us how now, just Uh tell us how. So that was that was um, quite a big shift. But also, we, we've really got critical mass now on. So two to three years ago, you had you know some professionals on, some companies on. Now it's your really critical mass. And there's a real sense of um, missing out if you're not on. And in fact, the new social bore is the person that says, how did you find that out? How long have you known that? Like where? And you're like, oh my goodness, all I want to talk about is the issue and I have to back, yeah, yeah. background this person. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, I think about lots of conversations I've had over the years um, working with, with partners and other senior people in terms of dipping their toes in the water with their presence on social media. And it's really interesting over the last five years um, that I've been with Deloitte to, to have seen with, you know, some people and the firm as a whole were doing some amazing stuff on social, but talking to and having conversations with people and, and slowly bringing them along the journey, it's, it's I just find incredibly fun and fulfilling to yeah. see when people start to get that spark. Oh, absolutely. In fact, when you go into a room to train executives or even employees you look around and you go who are going to be the stars and they're often you know it's often the person you you would think you know who says excuse me I'm an introvert uh-huh. And you go, no, no, you, you, you've got huge potential, mate. Because often the introverts are deep thinkers. Uh-huh. They contribute when they've got something really interesting to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and they can make a great contribution. They, they build their expertise uh, and they, they're happy to share that. So, so being able to, and that's one of the great things about the training too, watching the organisation shift from a hierarchy to where you come into what we call the hierarchy, yes. where you're getting uh, influences from all sorts of areas that no one ever heard from before. And you suddenly get this amazing voice in customer service who is so knowledgeable and mm-hmm. sharing the knowledge and sharing how things can change for the better. You know, so interesting. Who probably hadn't had that platform to, no to do there. that. Yeah, yeah. No one, only their, their team knew about them. Mm. I, I just find this fascinating. I um, ran a workshop with one of our clients last year with with one of their global valuations team, and they were needing to review the way that they were looking at recruitment and and looking at LinkedIn as a platform. You know, they had a global team of seventy people. They said traditionally we've just hired uh, engineers out of school. They're mostly male. They mostly look exactly like us. We have this great team out there. We know we need to be a whole lot more diverse but how do we do it and you know they had 
a relative youngster, I age myself saying it like that, but <laughs> a younger person in the team who was female and all over social media and gung-ho and with a bit of support set up this amazing program so that they completely transformed the way they were doing it. Yeah, and and it, that's the thing. It's not rocket science. No. Uh, and you can... Teach people very quickly. Although oddly, you know, they are quite uh, filled full of knowledge. And you do stop and reflect. I'm teaching these six bank executives deep communication skills. They're really getting a crash course mm-hmm. in in um, communications, new communications, but mainstream communications. Yes. But these are the skills that every executive now needs to lead. Uh, we are in a digital social world and really a lot of your time now should be spent um, talking, whether it's you know, using scale via social or face-to-face or in you know, telling people how things are changing. That's a big part of leaders' role now. I think you're right and you know Amanda cultivating personal brand and eminence is something that you and I are both passionate about what impact to delve into this a little more what impact can social media have on our personal brand Uh, it's really asking that in a bit of a different way you know it's what impact you can have for others Um, because that's what builds your personal brand. And I think that's a mistake people make when they go and say, this is all about me. It's not about you. It's actually about what you're going to give others. Uh, and that's what builds, builds your influence. And once you build your influence, you'll find all sorts of things happen um, from uh, deepening relationships with customers and stakeholders. But one of the best things that we never even measured Uh, at the start of the training was what impact it has on employees and that's been one of the surprise findings they love it because it engages them they feel recognized they love it when an executive likes their tweet like that literally makes their day Mm -hmm. Um, the executive likes their tweets being liked as well Um, And they also say it engages them with a strategy in a way they never have had before. So they can get the emails or have whatever, but by actually following their leaders and seeing what is important to them, they get a far greater idea of what's happening in the business and what's important. It's interesting, and I mean, I think that, that that goes back to your comment earlier about the the change of hierarchy, and that that it's there's a much leveler playing field in terms of every anybody in the organisation having having some some input or potentially having mm. some dialogue, you know, direct with the with the most senior leaders in the business. Mm. And a lot of people say, well, what about the risk of that? Because really, you're saying all employees now are out there talking to customers and stakeholders because Mm -hmm. everybody can but the biggest risks are two and they are number one uh, missing the opportunity and number two not being trained okay and and once you train people they they're so they're so eager to do the right thing I mean I go to professional firms they go you say no people are so eager to Mm. do the right thing once you show them how to do the right thing they are happy to and if occasionally some post goes up about something, it's very easy for the line managers to say, hey, that's not really in your KPIs to be you know, out there talking about that. And mm-hmm. they go, oh, I'll take it down straight away. Yeah. But yeah. That, I think it's happened once of all the companies I've ever dealt with over you know, 10 years, whatever. It's a very minor risk. Well, and I think it's so wonderful that, to my mind, there's, there's a 
perceptible shift away from a focus on risk rather than, okay, well, what do we need to do that to, to set us up for success and to make sure that we're going to, you know, be great at this rather than <gasps> what might happen? Yeah. And I think that's where we've moved to now. Uh, we, we've gone from the social media team running social media for the brand yes. to the realisation that the leaders now have to do it uh, so that the employees will follow that lead. Mm -hmm. And we've had this amazing uh, breakthrough in understanding of the huge power of employees. So we know Edelman has just come out, the Edelman barometer that measures trust has just come out and said that 75% of employees really trust their employer. We know that a lot of um, people trust what employees say about their organisations. Yes. And we know that a lot of people actually love where they work and they are really enthusiastic about their work and they want to share that. And we Absolutely. have shut them up. We have. For, well, forever. Yeah. We've shut them up. We've said, no, you cannot speak. Only the CEO speaks and he speaks or she speaks mm. to the front page of the Fin Review. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. So now we've got this whole different shift. Yeah. In, and, and that to me is one of the big exciting uh, shifts uh, we're going to see in the next few years is a focus, huge focus on employee engagement and social media. Okay. I think we could spend a whole podcast just talking about that. That sounds incredibly interesting. And it, you know, it reminds me of, we have this fantastic graduate in our team uh, who published a great blog. She's been with the firm for a year, wrote a, published a blog last week about her five key learnings from her first year. And she sent me a text last night. She'd posted it on LinkedIn late in the week. It's had well over 10,000 views, which, you know, is just <laughs> phenomenal. And understandably, her excitement levels are through the yeah. roof. Talk about engaged yeah. and highly motivated. And, and I think that's interesting too. Once you set up, you know, your strategy for being on, you then want to measure you know, yes. how successful, because you are putting a bit of time, as I say to executives, to be a digitally, socially engaged executive, which you all have mm -hmm. to be now, it's really an extra hour, hour and a quarter a week. And that includes your internal, your yammer, yes. or, and your external. Yep. And none of us have that extra time, so you've got to find that time by stopping something, mm -hmm. right? But when you find that time, uh, the, the benefits are enormous. And what are the benefits? Well, you start to see opportunities come. So you can measure you've got an increase in followers and this and that and all of that. But really, at the end of the day, you say, this happened because yes. of this. Yeah. I got a new client. Mm -hmm. uh, my staff engagement store just score just went up by 10, you know, 10%, whatever. You can actually measure the yeah. benefits. Incredibly demonstrable. Amanda, following on from that, during your time as Head of Digital and Social at ANZ Bank, you created the, the amazing multi-award winning Notable Women program. I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about that, please, and what made you realise that there was huge un untapped potential within that organisation? Oh, well... So for 25 years, I'd, I'd been a business journalist and incredibly frustrated that I couldn't get women to be in my magazine, BRW, mm -hmm. uh, and other news publications I worked for. And they had many good reasons. One was the newsrooms were sexist, so they'd been trained, don't put yourself up because you'll be pulled down in some way or you'll be asked about breastfeeding when you're going on to talk about a banking regulation. You know, so, sure. so there was this real sense of keep your head down. Plus there was this sense of 
when you know many women weren't trained so I noticed how men helped each other with communications they'd constantly be giving each other tips they'd say I can't do that event but Joe can and I'll tell him what to do and they saw how important it was to build influence through um, through media and mm-hmm. communications and so when social media came along it just hit me that this was the game changer for women I literally went oh my god women can build their own profiles yes they can then be found for their expertise they can build their own influential networks upstairs 10 o'clock at night in their pajamas uh-huh. after the kids are in bed they yep. can be at an event with a hashtag uh-huh. like the advantages were massive yeah then I noticed that we had the same issues. And this is Mark Smith, uh, who was the head of ANZ at the time, identified this, that the influencers, once he joined in LinkedIn, the influence was still the males. Mm-hmm. So the males had just gone, oh, we've got these skills in mainstream media, we're just going to transform them to social media. Okay. And the women, many of them, I'm generalising here, but many of them had taken their old attitudes of, I'm going to keep my head down and stay off, mm-hmm. to the new medium. Okay. And so I decided, um, and also Mark Smith had a problem with the champions of change he was very keen to support women on at events uh, and stop the man the, the man panels sure uh, yes. and, uh, and he couldn't get the women to speak and he was saying what are we going to do and I thought well let's kill two birds with one stone let's train the bank to be social and at the same time I'm going to train the women first with a specific program to answer some of the issues that are quite specific to them so we started Notable Women it was a massive success um, and uh, I, I still work with a number of the women today who of course have got promoted or moved on to other opportunities sure as well because they're visible and they've built um, great communication skills so that's been a particular passion of mine training thousands of uh, executive women mm-hmm. uh, in in these communication skills which are essential for that next stage of leadership I, I quite often quote you because we've talked about this program a few times where you had said one of the additional benefits is that what you'd coined the bullshit factor that, that you know, and again, we're stereotyping, but that men can, you know, puff out their chests and, and talk um, in, in perhaps terms that are not, well, somewhat exaggerated. Mike, Mike Smith used to always say that. The men bullshit. And he'd say to them, why don't you bullshit more? Like, but one of the great things about social is it's a leveller. Like, yes. you can't... Can't, you know, in LinkedIn, uh, it's very public and you mm-hmm. really can't tell a whole lot of fibs no. uh, if in, in an executive setting. Uh, but for women too, you can't go on about how, you know, how you're going to improve all your weaknesses. It says, <laughs> what are you great at? Yeah, and I love that. <laughs> absolutely. And I'd, um, I'd tagged you on something earlier this week on Twitter, Amanda. I had seen ABC's initiative at the moment, which I think is awesome, having women nominate themselves or having people nominate great women who are SMEs in their fields yeah. so that they can actively have great lists of women yes. they can they can profile in the yes. media. And there's a number of them around. Carol Schwartz, uh, through her Women in Leadership, yes. they've got a, a fantastic uh, list as well mm-hmm. of, of senior women. Uh, so there, there is no excuse now for us not to be seeing 50% of women Um, in media and when I ran my own business media we always insisted to the journalists at that time sorry listeners but at that time 40% seemed huge so we had a quota of 40% of photos people interviewed experts all had to be women yeah as a result 50% of our readers 
were women. Were women. We had, yeah, I know. It was. It's just a no-brainer. Fancy. So it makes absolute business sense for it all does. our publications yeah. to get that diversity. And you know the other thing? When we started Blue Notes at ANZ, one of the things we noticed was how well the female executives were read. And this is something I had noticed in any of, many of the other publications I'd been involved in. People want to hear from women. They want to hear mm. their views and opinions and their voices. Is there anything in particular that put, that you put that down to? I mean, I agree with you, but... Well, they just... Women, well, some women, can have quite a fresh way of engaging mm -hmm. and they're more open now to talk about a wider range of things than, than maybe was the stereotype media topics before. Sure. And many men are interested in areas outside um, work too. So a lot of topics now that... You know, in the business press in particular, it was, you know, we talked about the top 10 uh, stock, stock exchange listed companies and that was pretty, you know, yep. we were obsessed with them. Uh -huh. Now there's a much greater range of topics talked about and explored as we're all bringing our whole selves to work. Mm, absolutely. And, and, um, and which is a marvellous thing. And of course, you know, not just having women, but having older people, young people, people of colour, all sorts of yeah. people contributing to those conversations. It's just so interesting. Oh, it's just, it, I mean, it's so obvious, but it brings so much more diversity and it's just, it's richer and it's more interesting. And of course, we know from research, it's better for business. Absolutely. Which is, of course, our mm. starting point. Mm. Amanda, you're really leading transformation in terms of communication and how corporates use digital and social so I think you're the perfect person to ask this question I'm keen to understand your thoughts about how social is evolving ah well we touched on this before but uh, it's evolving from the social media team that was saying we can't scale this mm -hmm. uh, because pretty much our leaders aren't on yes uh, plus the leaders are actually also coming to me and saying uh, my I want to go on but my comms people won't let me on yeah. or the comms people are coming to me and saying I've got to get the CEO on but um, but he or she is nervous and needs the training mm -hmm. so we're at that point of all the leaders moving on and as soon as they are trained because they you know they are very bright people yes. within about 20 minutes into the session they have their first thought of hang on we can apply this <laughs> to solving that problem in the organization yeah so they're already leaping ahead so at the moment we're getting a lot of people professionally trained up and immediately they're starting to think well, what are the opportunities for and problem solving uh, in this for the organization uh, and then of course they want their staff trained mm -hmm. so they want their comms and marketing people trained because they often will turn around and say hang on I've now got a bigger footprint than you you can't amplify yes. me I expect you yes to. and then the danger is that they'll go out and hire a social media person who doesn't have the huge range of skills that the comms people have and oh. I said the comms people you need to upskill by 10% yeah that's all yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really easy it's it take like three <laughs> sessions two <laughs> sessions and you're upskilled and you'll love it mm. Um, fun. Yeah, it's fun. So, so that sort of um, across the board training. I think the other big thing is starting to look around what you can do with your, the data you're collecting in social media. So, mm -hmm. you collect a lot of data. You've got privacy issues, but what can you use uh, around that to get better business business results? So, I think mm -hmm. they're the two big. 
sort of hot topics for this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I find in a data-driven business, um, although, uh, you know, we do a pretty amazing job on social and digital in many realms, mm -hmm. it's the data that speaks volumes yeah. and certainly helps along people who are perhaps less convinced that it's worth that hour and a half investment a week. Mm. But it's also the data that the organisations, not the, just the individual, that the, the yes. organisations collecting. Absolutely. And working out, you know, how can you mine that, mm. well, uh, you know, according to the law and <laughs> what's ethical, yes. but how can you mine that yes. to, to get all those insights you need? Yeah. Well, and I feel like in many ways we're at our infant, at an infancy oh, level on that scene. That's, that's the thing. If you think about social media, uh, nothing changed in communication since the Gutenberg Press in the 14th century. So yeah. nothing has changed. Well, maybe we've got colour TV or whatever. But nothing's changed except <laughs> then these channels came along really, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. are barely born mm. into this. That's what I say to people when they're... When when we're you know setting something up, I say, look, your input's just as important Absolutely. because you know we're all doing this together. Yeah. We're on this journey that's going to really last a long time now, mm. and we're right at the beginning. And uh, with that comes setting up the right governance, and there are all of those things really matter yes. as well. Yeah, absolutely. What's exciting you most on the digital front at the moment, Amanda? Um. Oh, probably. Well, I'm quite interested just from a, you know, geeky point of view, just in, um, as I said, AI, uh -huh. robots or the chatbots that yes, are, yeah. you know, how they integrate with social teams. Um, I think that's all very interesting. I keep a very close eye on what's the what's happening with Facebook and Twitter from mm. a regulatory point of view, particularly oh, Facebook. Yes. Um, and... Um, I think there's going to be some big. Ch I think people that that uh, concern is absolutely mounting about um, this the downside of social media. Absolutely, I mean, there's a massive amount going on in terms of transparency and and around fake news at the moment. That is going to be very interesting to yeah. watch unfold, isn't it? Yeah, and one of the things that we need to train our children and executives is how you know what. How do you check? Yes. How do you use reliable sources? How do you have that instinct that says, I'm not sure about this, mm -hmm. and learn to recognise that voice? Ah, saw it on the internet. And go, <laughs> and go I'm listening to that voice. You yeah. know, it's, it's like um, I always say to people, you know, if you're going to do something uh, and you're not sure about a post, don't ask a friend. You know, because mm -hmm. everyone says, ask a friend. Yeah. Don't ask a friend because your friend is going to say, oh, that's great because yeah. they're your friend. <laughs> ask a communications person or don't post it. Yes. Let it go. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm having quite a few conversations with my 10-year-old daughter at the moment um, who is increasingly doing some research online for various school projects and starting to talk quite heavily around g reasonable, good, sensible yeah. resources yeah. to use and yeah. you, that you simply can't trust everything. And not only that, we're seeing this shift back to the expert, back to the academic, mm, back to yes. trusted news sources. Yes. And that's only going to grow. That's one of the uh, trends that the Edelman Barometer picked up this year. And I was okay. glad to see it because I thought that would happen before. Yeah. Um, it's surprised me that it's taken this long for people to go, you know what, I'm not going to trust my next door neighbour on on mm. you know, climate change or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I actually am going to listen to an expert on this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 
pity, pity some of that hasn't happened <laughs> <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> um, Amanda, what's the most common mistake you'd say that you see professionals make in the digital and social space? Uh, that one we touched on before about it being about me. Okay. So they hard yep. sell. Sure. They focus on themselves um, and they're not constantly aware of, I'm talking to an audience. I'm actually a publisher here. Yeah. You know, you can have, if you've got like 3,000 people on connections on LinkedIn and you're talking to two or 3,000 people on Twitter, mm. that is, of, and they're influencers, mm. Absolutely. that is a huge audience yes. of really powerful people. You're like a, a newspaper, right? Yes. But without the trucks, without the journalists, without the printing presses. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge responsibility um, to do that. And yeah, and I think I think just to that point, people forget often forget that the social element of social media. It's it's not just broadcasting; exactly. it's that two way communication. Yeah. Engage. It's about engaging, and you, you see some politicians who are excellent engagers, and yes. they have a great voice. And then you hear the the the, the sort of you know table thumpers mm. and the you must do this and the queen should do this and this is you know uh, and uh, they've got much smaller followings mm. than the true the the engagers yeah and you also look at that and think well you know what the engagers are having a better time than the table thumpers absolutely maybe not but <laughs> in my head they are yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so definitely um uh, not not to broadcast the other thing is to build a bit of resilience, not to get too obsessed. I've had people say, but how can I even start tweeting? I've only got 30 followers. Who cares? Nobody cares. No one's going to look. No. You know, so it's it's actually building up some, um, you know, resilience to this uh, and coming at it with the right frame of mind. Mm. Absolutely. Changing tack slightly, Amanda, are there any significant challenges that you've navigated in your career that you've drawn particular strength from or insights that you'd like to share? Uh, Probably, uh, so having started off in a career that I just adored, which was media, and then having to watch um, its demise, so of course it's still there, but really from about 1999, uh, all our key metrics just began sliding. And no matter what you did, uh, you know, print advertising just continued to fall. Mm-hmm. And so it really was a matter of constant reinvention for survival. Um, and I learned to always be asking, I think it was part of my nature anyway, but what's next? Okay. And the way you saw what was next was to actually line up all the trends. Is there anything that's going to, you know, I always think of the X. Is there anything that's going to stop that, you know, X, one side of the X going up, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is, or going down? And so one of the significant things that happened to me probably about five years ago or more was that I saw that print advertising was going to continue to go down in media. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to be at the forefront of new things. But so I asked, well, what's next? Where is that money going that used to be spent in print media? The companies still have it. Yes. And I thought, well, they're actually going to, they're developing their own media and then they're going to want to distribute it, Mm -hmm. not just through paid uh, advertising, but through getting all their employees socially involved and for all the the other benefits. So it was, I've I've learned the advantage of always asking what's next and then jumping in. Um, and uh, actually making big leaps. Okay. 
I like that. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? Let it be, let it go and walk on. <laughs> I can't understand business people who something bad happens, they, they get stuck in it, yeah. you know, even if it's just a day-to-day thing. And it's actually recognising rumination, that you're ruminating on something, Okay. right? So... So it's recognising your thought patterns and thinking, hang on, I'm stuck in this. I can't move on from this. And I often have this joke with people I mentor. I say, you're ruminating 10 push-ups. Get on the floor right now. Where are you? On the phone, whatever, 10 push-ups. Recognising you're ruminating and move on from it. And it really helps when something huge happens. This person who, I think they're 32, said to me, they've just been made retrenched for the third time. 32. And a lot of people say, oh, take some time off. This is a big thing. But honestly, work moves now so fast. And that that kind of mantra of let it be, which is acknowledge it in your heart. You're not trying to deny the grief or, Mm -hmm. or what's happened. Let it be. Let it go. And then visualize yourself actually walking on what's next. Okay. Right? And it's not health. It's work. Yep. And I know work's really important, mm. but it is work and you can do that. So be very disciplined about that. I'm definitely taking notes. I, th- I think, um, I don't know about listeners, but certainly I could say I could have saved quite a bit of angst if I'd acknowledged that I was ruminating on some stuff over my career. Sure. I like it. Ten and I'll be in, I'll, I'll have guns as well. <laughs> Would you say that you learn more from success or failure? Uh, well, to me, failure always is a reason to reinvent yourself. Okay. So it's hard, but it's just part of life. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it's, it's so you learn from both. Okay. I think. This just talks to what a positive, bubbly attitude that you have. What <laughs> I mean, I think well, you, it, can't, you don't have any choice. When I was running my uh, own business that I started for, you know, we started yes. from scratch. We built it up to about seventy people, and you know, you'd, some days you'd lose a client or your back would be up against the wall. And you know, of course, one of the things I started was Smart Company, where I'd always say to entrepreneurs, "What do you do when <laughs> you know just this this thing happens that yes. you just think, oh?" And they always had a saying. Okay. Or every entrepreneur has a saying. Really? You say, what, yeah. what do you say when your back's up again? Bang, out will come their saying. And mine was, failure's not an option. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. wasn't an option. Yeah. So get on with it. I love it. <laughs> love it. I'm feeling more positive as we speak, Amanda. <laughs> what does Nirvana look like in your career? Um, oh, I don't think that exists. Uh, but I do like new things, so I'm constantly looking at how how I can improve things, or you know, what is the what are the next big trends? Mm-hmm. One of the things I have learned is that you've got longer in a trend than you think you have. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about that. Well, when I started Smart Company, I thought, oh, digital media will be three years, and then they'll completely reinvent something <laughs> on the <Okay>. internet. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay, it was just like, well, digital media at yeah. that time seemed so innovative. Yeah. What we could do was so different. We could do webinars, and we could, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I was just thinking, oh my God, it's changed so quickly. What's going to, it going to be like in three years? But of course, many of those things we invented back then, yes. 12 years ago, yeah. are still the same way media is now mm-hmm. operating. Sure. So you, when I started Notable Media, I was thinking, oh really, this, you know, this will be quite, um, you know, have two or three years maybe, and then we'll all be doing something, you know, else. And you've just clocked over but, three yes, years and going well, that's right. incredibly it's strong. Still, yeah, it's still, it's, um, so I, th- I think trends have longer in them than, than you might think, because you have to um, bank on the fact that you're going to get critical mass coming in. Okay. So while we all hang around with the kind of early adopters yeah. and they're all on, you think, oh my goodness, everybody's doing this, what's next? Well, no, you've got that whole bank coming in and then that, of course, changes everything as well. So that's a good thing to know. Absolutely. Amanda, if you could invite three people, living or not, to dinner, who would they be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I have learned from my training sessions that some of the most interesting people I meet are the young people that I have in the social champions programs. Okay. So I'll say something rather than they go, I don't agree with that. And you go, why? And they go, because of this and this and this. And you go, oh my God, you're right. Like I'll often get my greatest insights. <laughs> okay. From, um, so I'd have, a, I'd have a very, very young person uh-huh. and then I'd have a very old person. Okay, and who might that old person be? Oh, well, you know, I'm very close to a number of old people. I've always loved old people um, and their amazing patience and resilience to life. So I'd have uh, an old person and a young person, and then I might have somebody um, quite controversial, you know, throw in. I would like to have dinner with um, Hillary Clinton and and hear how she's coping with (laughs) what's happening in the States. Wouldn't that be amazing? I I heard her speak when she came out to Australia late last year, and it was a bucket list item. It was, I was just... It was fantastic. Julia Gillard interviewed her. I mean, yeah, I'd love to sit in. I'd love to have dinner with her. That would be just something. Off the record dinner. Oh, now you're talking. Absolutely. Well, Amanda, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm sure listeners will. I, as ever, have been incredibly inspired. You've given me some good new tips and tricks, and I'm sure that, um, that our listeners will really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Katie, and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Katie Talks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review us on iTunes to help others find our great content. We have some great thought leaders coming up in the series. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And we love feedback from listeners. You can find me at Katie B Marketing on Twitter or Katie Bennett Stenton on LinkedIn.